time coming but now firmly the monsters of the goodies well some of them anyway it started with rodan poorly i admit as the fascistically coded bird of death gets a sympathetic demise only to return in these two movies um, and then mothra was the good monster the one who destroyed only due to the evils of mankind and later would protect us all from godzilla as the godzilla franchise went on it became clearer and clearer that the monsters were the stars but this was evident when filming the first, if you remember, the supposed male lead was getting a bit uppity about being treated a certain way until he was told that no, Godzilla is the star of this movie. With King Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, we set the tone for what the franchise has become. Sympathetic monsters and more monsters. All monsters, all the time. And Ghidorah the Threaded Monster what a title, is our first film not to end or to include an all-out military attack. And hilariously, when Ghidorah rises as a new threat, we have our usual scene of a boardroom as they try to respond to tackle the threat. This time it's monsters on the loose. We've got Mothra, Godzilla, Rodan. There's a lot of fear. This time they point out that the only way to do anything would be of atomic weaponry and then just rule that out. And they just say, well, actually... I'll leave it to my friend Ken Watanabe from the 2014 American Godzilla reboot. They pretty much decide to let them fight. A good decision for the franchise. In this film, then, the monsters, Ghidorah aside, who's a new threat, become guardians. In the later film and beyond, they become superheroes. It's an interesting choice. It's a change that Honda understood, but one that ultimately pushed him away from the franchise. For now, King Ghidorah comes at a clear transitional point. It's critical reception showing this, actually. At the time, critics made parallels between the birth of a new kaiju, one that pulled more from Eastern iconography, and the atomic bomb tests in China. This is where it's worth noting the writers of these movies. We have our dueling writing team. This is the Sekizawa script. He is the apolitical writer. The writer doesn't push politics and likes to make fun movies. His aim was folklore, and Honda even publicly commented about the connections being dubious and purely incidental. And it's believable. The film doesn't really push into these ideas. There are no real nuclear politics here. They seem, if anything, to be an allusion back to the first Godzilla film with the one nuclear reference. The place where this film really pulls away from the last films, though, is the famous or infamous Kaiju Summit scene. A scene Honda did not want to film, but gave in. In this scene, Mothra hosts, in the biography of Honda that I am reading, he is described as a Winston Churchill figure, which I would not go so far, but is interesting. Um, so Mothra hosts a meeting with Rodan on Godzilla to make them agree to fight King Ghidorah. And the infant island fairies, the peanuts are back last time, work as interpreters for the humans, while Godzilla says that the humans bully him. It's wild. <laughs> I love it. Honda hated it. Um, he liked the idea of monsters as defenders of their turf, but he didn't like them joining forces. The producers loved it, and the film was really successful. The fourth highest grossing domestic film of the 64 to 65 season, and a success that severed Godzilla from its origins for all time. And this is even more apparent in the next film, the rather confusingly named Invasion of Astro Monster, even though there are several... Astro, but never mind. And this movie really upset Honda. A single moment stands out and is alluded to in these wonderful quotations by his son, Ryuji Honda. My father found it humiliating. I am sure he was telling himself, we did not create Godzilla for that. It is not right. When they made Godzilla do that Shie thing, I knew how pissed my father was. He didn't say a word, but he was beyond angry. So what's that Shie thing? Well. Let's talk briefly about the award-winning manga, Osumatsu Kum. Now, this is the post-war manga boom. And in this manga, which was very popular, a character did this dance that became iconic, jumped up into the air and shouted, Shie! A Toho exec had read this, and they approached the legendary special effects director, Tsuburaya, 
and asked if he could put the Shia dance in the film. Now, Tsuburaya had no idea what this meant and had to go ask his family about it, etc. But when he did find out, he loved it. And he filmed the scene several times. So on one hand, you have Tsuburaya being like, this is glorious, because he's the effects guy. He loves making the monsters jump. And Honda hated it. This scene is Godzilla on Planet X, after defeated, or so it seems, Ghidorah, or Weapon X, and he does a victory dance in low gravity. Oh, Honda hated it so much. I love it. But with this jump, Godzilla was changed forever. In this ultra camp film with the same climax as the last movie, just minus Mothra, and with actual recycled footage from the last film and footage from Rodan a film that is inexplicably sorry, set in the far future, despite being a direct sequel to the previous film. I don't know. Well, Godzilla is silly now, and it's for kids. And these films got so much positive fan mail from children, Ghidorah especially so, leading um, Honda to even say he's one of their best monsters. But I'll leave it with a quote from Honda about the direction of the franchise. He said he feared they were, quote, taking the easy route, believing a silly storyline is okay, though it might be mocked by adults. Simply because the film is made for children, kids will not tolerate nonsense. Well, let's see how these films stack up in our ranking. Yay, we're back. Um, it's good to be <laughs> I love back. That so much. Yay. Um, I'm going to show Ezra as a dance tonight, see if I can get her to replicate this uh, Godzilla anti-gravity dance. But like you say, as you say, uh, the best moment in the in the whole franchise. Oh, maybe. As people that follow me on Letterboxd or know me on Discord know, my picture for a long time has been the Criterion cover of Astro Monster, which is the Shie dance. And it's just so good. I was so surprised the first time I saw it. I was a classic like show and being like, look at this well, at the moment she's like, Godzilla's silly. I'm like, yeah, Godzilla's silly. Which there was a while when I was like, Godzilla is serious. And this is a crime to the nuclear legacy. And that's like, Godzilla's silly. What yeah. a dope. <laughs> I mean, you get to the maniacal laughter in that movie. Ah, 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 my, other, <laughs> my second favorite part. Uh, there are parts to love here. Uh, well, uh, it's been a long time since we mm. last recorded. Now it's the year 2020X. Uh, like Mega Man, <laughs> yeah, like like Astro XX. and Mega Man. I, I think it does. It Astro take place in 1960x. I have no idea. Like <laughs> the chronology of these films becomes so confusing. Like yeah. the clear technological jump. Like it was. Do you remember in the last few films when it was wild? They had those like pulse beams, yeah. and satellites, and now we just have easy interplanetary travel. Like we find out there's a new <laughs> planet, abrupt. we just go there. We're just like, oh, we're here now. We didn't know it existed, but we're here. It's like chilling out near Jupiter or whatever, Planet X. Like, oh, hi. With the Exilians. We have this intergalactic connectivity between these movies, which is about like the only thing. Like we have the Venetian uh, princess who comes. Oh. <laughs> we'll get to that because okay. I will ask. There's, there's eight. I'm only going to be. So Calvin, unfortunately, is not feeling too great, but is soldiering through for Godzilla. Uh, but there is only one trivia question I'm going to ask you about the inspiration behind um, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. God, these titles are glorious. And <laughs> I've got down some from my research, some some talking points about this movie. Um, so this is the last Peanuts movie, um, which is a shame. That's sad. I love the Peanuts. Um, They'll never come they're back. So good. No, they get to sing one more song and they're glorious. They get to interpret the Godzilla Summit, which is just so good. Yes, yes. Um, that's interesting because in that movie, in Ghidorah, that's the only connection to the plot. I mean, like everything else is kind of happening away from the kaiju, but uh, yeah. that's the only part where it intersects at all, is that so, the peanuts are interpreters. Yeah. What a wild movie. The, the plot of this film is basically King Ghidorah exists and he's attacking people. Let's stop him. But that's kind of like the side plot. The like the main plot for a lot of the movie is an attempt to assassinate a princess. 
And what I've always loved about this film is how dedicated these sinister kind of like coded East Europeans are to like kill this princess. To the extent that in the end climax, like intercutting style, there are like three massive kaiju fighting each other. And this guy that looks like a set in the most dangerous game or like King Kong is just like hanging out with his sniper. I'm like, no, I'm going to kill this princess. I don't care how many kaijus are destroying this wasteland. I am going to shoot this. I, his dedication to his job is unparalleled. I don't remember so many like practical guns used in Godzilla movies. So it, it feels like they're really grounded in like a, a grittier. It's a, it's another intersection between it feeling like mm. a Yakuza thing, which we've covered once before. Yeah. This is the James Bond boob as well, isn't it? This is like 60s of Let's Make a Spy movie. And we see this way more in the next ones, actually. Um, weirdly in uh, the, uh, the one set at sea. Now there is a, a lot of weird James Bond stuff in that. We'll get oh, to I'm that. very interested rules. in that. Which oh, one's that this? one all so much? Uh, I, yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. You'll find out. Okay. okay? Yeah, it's okay. a process. Yeah, it's Just a process. A can't, process. I can't, can't, can't give too many away. Um, but that one rules. Um, so... Another thing about this movie is that it's just a mess. Um, like the plotting is all over the place. Like we have these like three different plots that seem to just like randomly cut out at the end. To they the extent do. that Takeshi Shimura is in this movie, like he's back and is barely in this movie, is so criminally underused as like a random bit part. You're like this is maybe the greatest actor of all time. And the movie around him is just a, an adorable mess, but a complete mess. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, the it feels like there's two separate things happening. <laughs> Not really. Yes. I mean, there. Uh, this kind of happens in these movies where we expect these long setups with, mm. you know, like minimal payoffs and like the kaiju action. As far as it's incorporated with like the, you know, after yeah. the original movie, they kind of divert from what that really means, like thematically. Uh, so I'm not I'm not used to like thematic pairings in all of these, but these <laughs> no. are these are way way out there. They really are. And like this movie also just throws so much at the wall to the extent that in the opening scene, there's all this like climate emergency stuff about like yeah. encephalitis or something. And like it's getting too hot. And why is this? Is they're like, it's winter and it's like this many degrees. And then they never mention that again. Like, no, they just like implication <laughs> that that's to do with Ghidorah. But then it just isn't. Like Ghidorah just in a beautiful scene, actually. The birth of Ghidorah is awesome. Yeah, like he I mean, appears. Yeah. The special effects sequence, there's like this like symbol in the air that like links back to Japanese mythology. He's actually an homage to um, pronunciation time, Yamata no Orochi, the eight-headed dragon of the Japanese mythology. Maybe one of them, I don't know. Sorry. Um, yeah. he looks awesome. He's so cool. So awesome. I mean it's, I love the way he moves. I mean our focus is usually like detailing like the two new kaiju, but we have one between both movies this time. So it's all Ghidorah, and uh, I, I, I like his, I like his three-headed, uh, mm. like Cerebus dog-looking appearance, and how he's a, uh, yeah, he looks like a mythological creature more so than the others do. What I like about him is his, his, he looks wrong. Like he's yeah. so bulky and unwieldy that when he flies, it is wrong, and the way he moves is so chaotic. I really love there's a bit in this movie that seems to like call back to Rodan. So you know when when Rodan was flying over the towns and destroying them in his wake. Mm-hmm. In this one, when Ghidorah flies over the towns, it's just pure chaos. There's like no control. It's just lightning flying out. He's just we're used to methodical destruction in these films, and he is just chaotic shambling mess because like he's. He is, there is a man in a suit, but it's also puppeteers at the same time. So there's this range of movement that the rest of the kaijus don't have. And he doesn't have arms. He has yeah. these big, like, bat wings and three flopping dragon heads and these, like, huge gold scales. He's just this shambling horror that should not exist. Like, Lovecraftian, but visually different. But, like, the ethos of a Lovecraftian beast that should not belong in our dimension. I love him. I love him so much. <laughs> I guess that's the good thing that we take away from these two movies. The best thing mm. that we take away from them is that Ghidorah is an enduring monster and that whether or not mm. Honda liked it, he became a monster that was very usable for the rest of the franchise. Yeah, and it's worth noting that the Honda, the only thing he really liked was movies, he thinks he, and again, it, it, it is implied in the biography that he came to realise that Ghidorah was one of the best ones, but he's like, yeah, Ghidorah rules the rest of these movies. I do not care for them, <laughs> which is a shame. They're kind of fun. Um, when did the research? The first time I watched Ghidorah, the three-head monster, I was very um, off-put by it 
not <laughs> having much kaiju context. I kind of watch like the original Godzilla. I watch Shin Godzilla, and I watch like mm. Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, which is not the not mm. a good trajectory. Like I'm I'm just thrown in, and uh, I don't realize that these movies will be built up this way. And uh, I was very very off put by it. Uh, a mild mild uh, improvement this time, I'd say. Yeah, I yeah, it's 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 not a great movie, but it's it's yeah. it's really shambolically adorable. Um, I've got two weird things for you. One is the major Hollywood film that inspired this film, which we'll get to. That'll be your quiz. And the other is about Olympic volleyball. <laughs> Do you remember the bit in this movie where they throw rocks at each other for a while? Oh yeah, yeah, they're volleying for sure. Yeah. Um. So the only reason why that is in the movie is because the Japan. Japanese women's team won the Olympic gold at volleyball and volleyball just became wildly popular in Japan. So they just tried to get it into the film. That's how ridiculous this film is. They're like volleyball. Everyone's got volleyball fever right now. Yeah. Let's get into this movie. By the Uh, way, I just wrote a review about that volleyball team in July. Uh, The Witches of the Orient. It's on the Twin Geeks right now. There you go. So if you want more volleyball content, then read that and then watch um, Gither of the Three-Headed Monster. It's true. I think they were like the most winningest women's team in the sports history and just insane record for like two years. No losses. So yeah, Japan volleyball crazy. This this movie in in the documentary? (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) I don't remember. (laughs) I don't think they did. It's been a while. They they mentioned an anime that they built around it and uh, Oh, cool. Yeah, there's they do, it might have come up in like the flashes of like all the media things it did. I think that's where it would be. So, do you want to take a guess, and you're not expected to answer this question, of what major Hollywood picture was a huge inspiration? Because this was a really popular film in Japan, one of the quite few sensations in terms of non-domestic film. Give me a wild guess. Well, of course I know this. It would be Citizen Kane. Uh, close, actually. Roman Holiday. <laughs> Roman Holiday. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 this, the plot line of the princess who goes in disguise yes. as obviously herself still, and we have the the ending where they like go out together at the end. It, it genuinely steals the ending from Roman Holiday, slightly recontextualizes it, but there is this extended plot piece about oh god like so the princess is in a plane and we know they're going to blow up the plane and then she hears a voice and steps out the plane this feels like there was a scene missing to explain like she did just walk out of a plane mid-air but she's fine um and then we find out that she's been possessed by a venusian yes yeah um and then she's coming to warn us yeah exactly yeah. It doesn't make any sense, but she tries to disguise herself. And it's that classic thing of being like, I put on glasses and now this glamorous princess <laughs> is this unknown person. I was like, oh, I don't know who that is. Those bits I love so much. And I got a bit of anecdote about her, actually. She's a really interesting um, actor who really committed to this role in a way that you would not expect. And because she was known for being a glamorous star and they wouldn't expect that she would like cover her face so much and be willing to do this kind of stuff so um this is wakabayashi um she was really happy to be like taken out of the glamour and actually she was temporarily blinded at one point in the film from staring into the arc light that's supposed oh. to be the possession moment um when she gets beckoned to venus and oh. the shock therapy scene <laughs> yes there's a shock therapy scene she filmed this when she'd just done an all-nighter from another movie and mm-hmm. she was allowed to have little sleeps on the gurney during rest breaks. So she has been up all night filming something else. So she was committed. She's good in this movie. I like her. She's a lot of fun. I think she's so much more committed than everyone around her. Like she's, yes. she's really in it, which I re- really respected about and responded to about her performance mm. that I didn't really catch the first time that she's really in the movie. And I mean, she's really giving a performance, whereas I think uh, everyone else is kind of playing to the type of movie it is. But it's a thing we talked to Matt Farley about. If you're going to make a, you know, a movie that's intentionally funny and and campy, make one with intention to be good and yeah. to do it in a way that's satisfying for an audience. She does that. I know. I, I completely agree. And it's a shame because I feel that when rewatching this film, I like the the parts of it so much, but they just don't fit together in a way that it diminishes each of these parts and I want to really like no. this Roman holiday thing. And I'm like, but it doesn't fit in this movie. I don't like it as much anymore. And I want to like this like battle royale to do it up to, but I'm like, what's this got to do with the first thing? And I want to like them to see it doesn't quite work, but it is fun. 
the great thing I is that we it. have the two greatest moments of kaiju cinema in this mm. one we have the godzilla summit and oh, then we have so godzilla good. dancing um, we we need to talk more about godzilla summit and what that does for the kaijus because uh, mothra is called on by the peanuts and then kind of scrambles over while um godzilla and um rodan are just having like a very childish like bickering fight and then uh, so great. Suddenly... they just, like slap at each other it's like rodan's just pecking at godzilla and he's like notice the designs of this movie actually yeah. they're way more anthropomorphized than before they're way more cartoonish this is these are fun monsters but yeah they're having a little rubber monster bashy fight and mothra who oh my god like only one Mothra. one of my favorite moments in the movie actually is yeah. when they're like where's both mothras they're like one of them's dead you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like to a child, like one of them died. You're like, okay, we couldn't afford a second Mothra. Fair enough. Um, the but yeah, the one Mothra we have is uh, wrapping them up in, in string. Uh, the puppetry, by the way, a little bit worse. The, the suits and puppetry, mm. a little bit less. Uh, yeah. I don't know if worse, but uh, as you say, anthropomorphized and a little bit um, more readable that they're puppets uh, at all times. Yeah. Uh, but, shame. but the Mothra's wrapping them up and trying to convince them to, to stop just banging their heads together. Uh, meanwhile, all Godzilla <laughs> and Rodan want to do is volleyball. You know, they've been watching the Olympics. They've they've had a good time watching those Olympics and they're, they're playing. They just in the love field. women's volleyball, all right? They they're do. really pumped about that team. They're going to watch this documentary. They're super into it. And Mothra's just like, no, seriously, King Ghidorah is here and destroying everything. <laughs> um, we need to, uh, yeah. And they have a summit and they're just there being like each other. <laughs> which uh is the first time i've realized that the monsters could talk and like the one guy said Same. what are they saying he's like i uh, i don't talk monster i thought that was fascinating <laughs> that that the people understood that they had a language they like they had been studying that these monsters had an internal language uh which uh, amongst each other not like godzilla has a language and rodan has a language they all have one central language and they understand each other fascinating to me which, yeah, like existentially, <laughs> is just like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah they, they speak a common language by impulse, it seems, which is <laughs> yeah. like the underpinning, like nature of this world is, is, is quite, quite stunning at this point. Like, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they have an actual summit. They sit down and they talk it through. And yeah, the moment where Godzilla says in the most like, what? When it's like, the humans bully me. I'm like, you have killed so many people. But then it gave me another perspective. I didn't realize that Godzilla felt that he was bullied by the humans. Mm. I didn't I didn't know that that was Godzilla's perspective when it was destroying the towns. Was It was the one being bullied. I mean, I, I could <laughs> read that into it, but I need to hear it from Godzilla itself. I'm not trying to gaslight Godzilla into believing anything. Yeah. We love you, Godzilla. You are yeah. you are the king of the monsters. We love you so much. And if you feel you're being bullied, we apologize. Then, um, uh, then Mothra fucks off, and it's like I'm a, <laughs> I'm just a little snail at this point. I'm only gonna take this guy on by himself. All he could do is shoot a little bit of like Spider-Man web at it, uh, and it, it tries to take on this three-headed monster as it's like solo. Oh, my brother, Mothra's dead. You know. Ah. Uh... That moment's so beautiful, actually, because, yeah, I forgot yeah. that. Mothra fails. Like, they don't yeah. join together. They're like, no, we're not fighting Ghidorah. We don't care. And Mothra's like, fine, I go off by myself. And that beautiful <laughs> fight is like, no, I will go fight. They're like, not only does it fail fine. once, but Mothra gets stricken by, like, those yellow cartoon bolts three or four times and, like, <laughs> flips in the air, like, full flips. Like a, And Godzilla is just watching at this point until he gingerly steps out like a grandmother but a really really strong grandmother and uh, starts swinging his arms he's coming into oh. action beautiful moment but at the end you've got like godzilla holding Ghidorah down whilst <laughs> rodan flies around with a shoulder mounted mothra which is like one of the best moments it's like mothra just being shoulder mounted like a cannon it's just like oh yeah the, the, the three the three kaiju team up against um Ghidorah is so fun it's also the moment so where mothra stupid. attaches to godzilla's tail well uh he keeps them in the fight uh that's very good i like seeing how they interact uh positively yeah. because we've never seen that quite either mm. Um, so there are things here that there, there are things that yeah. this all improved the movie greatly for me to the point where I'm still like five out of 10, very good five out of 10. I liked it. Yeah. The way to think about the final fight is it's like Marvel versus Capcom or something. It's like these yes. like weird, like tagging attacks. You're like, I don't really know what's going on. And this doesn't seem balanced or sensical, but it is kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, uh, we win. I, I don't know if like uh, it has any like semblance of, meaning to the story or anything or, no, no, or no, any no, like no. exterior meaning to as these go on like it's built upon um we see it a little bit in the next one 
Um, which, I, by the way, I was disappointed that uh, by the amount of kaiju in Astro. I know that you like uh, certain things about it. People like the zany story. I thought it was yeah. the same thing as this without Mothra. And I thought it took away yeah, a lot of is. the monster's agency. By uh, I, Should we go into the story first? About what yeah, this- I... I- I really like Astro Monster just because it's such a bizarre... I, I, why I like it more is because it commits to a storyline and it does a storyline. It really The storyline is wild, um, but it's wonderful. It's I, I, There is a moral quarters film, again. It's a very simplistic one, but it's, it's, it's about technology and how to use it. And you have this bizarre rapid device that comes back later, actually, of Jet Jaguar, this kind of idea of being like, what we make versus what they make. So... There's this guy who's made like this noise machine. I barely remember what it does. It's like nonsense tech that's completely useless. And I think he it is was like, like to, to defend women. Like when they were, I think it, it's, yeah. he said something like it's used to defend women. It's like vaguely described that it's a woman's defense device that unintentionally, yeah. you know, could communicate with monsters and stuff. I mean, which, uh, it scares me. Which I love. So he's presented as an idiot, and all these scientists are great. And then all these scientists that are great are really excited because these exilians um, arrive on Earth. So aliens come to join us. They're like, yo, by the way, we have just coincidentally something that can cure all diseases. Just so you know, we got that. And they're like, oh, great. <laughs> How about you come help us out um, and then we'll give you this thing. We just need to take Godzilla, Rodan, and then, then we'll begin. They're like, yeah, 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 fine. And they know where they are. And mm-hmm. it's this great moment of too good to be true. And I love that it's just like, yes, we have a pill that can cure all disease. It's like, great. Love that. I don't know if I understood it. I feel like Astro will take me another thing to really process everything that happened in this story. I, I think I watched these waiting for the kaiju. And so I, I waited a lot in Astro. Um, Astro, I, Astro is really cool so they kidnap the kaiju you've got this lovely thing as they float up into the air in these balls it's a really cool looking scene every time I've watched Astro actually I've had the same thought there's these brilliant corridors in it um, sci-fi corridors and every time I watch it I go like this looks really like 2001 A Space Odyssey yeah and then I go this movie came out before 2001 A Space Odyssey very likely influenced by Astro Monster. I, 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 I think so. Like there I think are, so. There's these amazing symmetrical corridors and some quite beautiful shots of them. I don't watch it. I'm like, oh yeah, Space Odyssey. Beautiful movie. I'm like, wait a minute. So Scott's on the Space Odyssey is just a ripoff of a Powell and Pressburger movie, um, mm. Canterbury Tale, and this. So don't watch 2001. Watch Canterbury Tale and then watch Invasion of Astro Monster. Or just watch Silent Running. And this and yeah, and started running those three together. Wonderful movies. Um, yeah, so Planet X, which is a Gamera planet. This is just like this is just Gamera world. We're into a Gamera movie now. Of Monster X is King Ghidorah because why not? And he is up there destroying them, and only Godzilla and Rodan can destroy. So they go there. We think they've won, and they do a victory dance. Love the dance. We, Love it we can't so uh, overstate. Go look up the dance, at least, if you haven't yeah. seen it. Go look up a GIF for uh, uh, a video of it. It's worth your time. Yes, a GIF. Yes. Um, uh, it's, oh, it's so good. They do the victory dance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if we can top that. Um, so... <laughs> wow. Um, so, yeah. And then it turns out they tricked us calvin these people that promised a panacea they promised to cure all diseases they tricked us because they have technology and what their technology does is it rewires the brains of godzilla and rodan and for no reason but pure fascist domination they just send them back i could i think i could be okay with the movie but i feel like this takes away the kaiju agency which is what i really like i love that kaijus are destroying shit with a purpose and here it's Mm. you know I mean, they're taking over, and of course, they're destroying shit with someone else's purpose. But also, the destruction is reused from films like yeah. Rodan and some of the earlier films. It's much less satisfying once you watch it and then read back, like, oh, yeah, that's all just shots from other movies. And it's not shot with any intentionality of, like, a, no. what are the kaiju doing? Like, what does it mean to them? Nothing, you know? Yeah. I, I, I do think you're right, and I think it's really interesting that we've taken this step to anthropomorphize these characters, and then we take away their humanity. Yeah, like, I hate that. <laughs> if you if you had 
and it, like there, there is it, like they, they enslave Godzilla and Rogan, and mm-hmm. like which sounds overstating, but that that is the logic. That's what they here. do, yeah. Um, and once once you've introduced them as being, once you've animalized them, because earlier they were just monsters, now they feel like they have a language, like they communicate, and we've established <laughs> this about them. And this is this is a series of continuity. These films do follow on one after the other, and they build up a law that becomes ridiculous eventually. But yeah, no, you are right. It's like once we've done this to these characters, and then we take that away from them. It is really sinister, um, and ultimately the destruction that comes from it isn't that satisfying. Um, I think there was a better movie that we made that made this feel tragic. That we feel that sense of we have taken something from Godzilla, yeah, but exactly, the movie I want to feel something more. Thing. I, I don't feel like it makes structure. You're right. The movie in its structure uses these monsters in the same way the plot uses these monsters, and there needs to be a juxtaposition there, and there is not, which yeah. is not something I've really considered. That's a really good point. I mean, that's the main thing, though. Like, if I look at it just like a piece of, like, you know, 60s sci-fi cheese, I could really appreciate on the face of it everything that's happening there. It's just, I'd like there to be more instrumentality with how monsters are used in these movies. I think they have so much potential. And, I mean, there is potential, like you're saying there, to do the juxtaposition and really Mm. see what these monsters mean and what they, you know, they must have another purpose. Well, the Exilians do come back in a later film, so we we, we okay. very much have a film later that is this again. I'm not going to say it does it better. The, the um, I have my own, space? I have my own is that issues. A... <laughs> That's a great movie. Um, <laughs> Exilians from outer space. Hey, oh, there you go. That's what we're making. After Gamma Rebuff, we're making that. Um, shout <laughs> out to right. Jack Dav- Davenport. Um, and I'm Cormac, our producer, and Vaughn, our producer. So thank you. Shout outs. Uh, the film is coming. Um, that's a joke that makes sense to nobody that's listening. There you go. Um, so, yeah, um, the movie is cool. I, I, I like when we come back to the end of this stupid tech. Stupid tech wins the day against bad tech. And that is very simplistic and reductive, but it is very cool about responsibility. We're getting back to some Godzilla themes here. Um, my A problem I have with the film is how it frames the Exilians as, as space fascists, which it does. They look a bit like Devo, but they're space fascists. Um, and you look there like is this Devo, in- though. Wait. I know. <laughs> Devo, sorry. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's Shout out to my accent. friend Diego. Um, well, who, who knows? Um, yeah. So, yeah, they look just like that, which is funny. Um, there's this actual kind of like romance storyline. This film was like co-produced with the Americans again, where you've got a guy who was in, let me get my American movies right, Rebel Without a Cause, um, and was in... Um, the Frankenstein Conquers the World or Frankenstein versus Baragon, the kaiju movie, which we'll get to eventually, um, which was supposed to be Frankenstein versus Godzilla. We'll get to that. Um, so there is some things about what they have to do. So we actually have a romance plot that is interesting to have in here. It's not hugely well done. Um, but the weird centre of this is the stance that Japan is presented by, as opposed to the stance the Exilians are presented by, it's very much rebranding of we are cute, innocent Japan, and these are space fascists. And I'm like, hmm, Godzilla yeah. used to represent something about Japanese history. And I feel you're very much thumbing over that here. Um, yeah, you guilty of omission. The image now, yeah. Very guilty of omission, this film. It's like mm, the messaging is suspect here because of what you're not saying and what you're invoking. Um, it's revisionist. It's a revisionist film. The aliens, more obviously than any metaphor, are. Uh, United States, I think. So, um, I, I mean, I yeah. think they clearly stand for United States too. So they are saying something about that. But I think just saying we're it, the cute and then it revises history rather than revisionist. So it revises yeah. history. Um, and yeah, no, you're right. There is a sense of being like, look at these evil Americans. And you're right. It's the Hollywood <laughs> movie aliens as well. It's very, very. Mm. But we save Godzilla and we save the day, um, ultimately. Thanks to so, Evo. <laughs> there you go. So how are we how are we going to stack up these movies then? I well, think they're interesting them? ones. We I haven't ranked so. any monsters in uh, a couple months here. Let's say we haven't, and I think this makes it interesting because Ghidorah is one of the best monsters. He is yeah. like top tier, which is why it's so sad that that um, third Godzilla anime movie is so goddamn terrible. The oh, worst thing Godzilla's ever been in because like Ghidorah is so cool, but it's weird. Ghost Ghidorah um, don't care for that. So. I have the list up. Should I read here. through the through the first ten to start, and then you'll read the the end? Is that how we're doing it? Yeah, we'll do it that way. We like that. Okay. Uh, number one, we have Godzilla, nineteen fifty four. Two, yes. Mothra versus Godzilla. I forgot great we made movie. that happen. That's so good for our list because it's great. Because it's great. 
really proud of us for uh, me mm -hmm. finding out what we've done in the past and being proud of us. Very good. <laughs> uh, three, the X from outer space. We all make mistakes. Uh, four, the host. Great movie. Five. Also a great movie. Gamera, the giant monster. Uh, six, Pogasari. I like Pogasari a lot. Like I think so fondly of Pogasari. Seven, we have Mothra, the original. Mm -hmm. Eight, Pacific Rim. That's been hanging in for a while. Uh, nine, yeah. we have Rodan. Yay. Uh, ten, uh, we have Damogen. That, that's surprising, a top ten Damogen. Well, that's because the last ten minutes of that movie are, are better than anything but the first Godzilla. <laughs> um, and the rest of that movie is just not very good at all. Absolutely. Uh, so from there, um, I think we have a good baseline of what our, our quality movies are. I don't, uh, I don't know if either of these, do you think one of these might be in the top 10? Yeah. I'm. Which one do you favor here? That's really hard for me to say. I uh, think Astro Monsters is a better movie, but I think if we're ranking monsters, I think um, Ghidorah as the invention of Ghidorah, and, I, and I'm very persuaded by how you're right that that if Astro Monster puts a foot wrong, it puts a foot wrong as a monster movie. Um, so it's the kaiju I, part of it, yeah. Yeah, I am convinced by you, though I do think Astro Monster is a better movie. I think we should rank Ghidorah higher. But where? And I think just the invention of Ghidorah and how we were yeah. so impressed by the three-headed, like its heads can't even keep up with itself. That's what I love. Is that so brilliant. I love like a piece of anatomy that just doesn't doesn't even keep up with its own body. It's so crazy. Mm. Um, that's gotta go. You know, um, I mean, we could start it in the middle of the list. Keep moving up if we want. Okay, let's do that because I think yeah. So currently is underneath Dimogen and therefore okay. above Cloverfield. Um, well, that sounds pretty I, good. <laughs> I think it goes above Dimogen. Okay. Um, I think we'd move it above Rodan also, because I think uh, Rodan also in this. Uh, I agree. Not as good of a showing, but Rodan does something funny in this, and I think that's yeah. worthwhile. Um, Pacific Rim, I think it, again, not much of a kaiju movie there. So I think like on the principle of kaiju, this is, yeah. you know, multiple of the, the best. We have a three-headed monster and a three-pronged solution to him. So that's great. Yeah. I do really like, actually, that we've got Mothra, Ghidorah, and Rodan so close of these yeah. introductory monster movies. I don't know if I want to move it much further. I think that that listing of Mothra, uh, Ghidorah, mm. and Rodan a couple of places later, that looks really correct to me. I think Ghidorah is not quite as cool as Mothra, and Mothra no. gets a better introduction. So I think um, Mothra, the movie being about Ghidorah, I think is, is, is a really good decision. I think just the Mothra, it's so connected to the story yeah. and like the text of what Mothra is, whereas Ghidorah yeah. is uh, just awesome in its own, you know, own right, uh, despite the movie and, and Ghidorah mm. not really having a connection to it. I, I don't think we're ranking the overall quality of the movie because I think this would no, be a lot lower. we're ranking the monsters. Yeah. I think I'd put this like in, you know, like maybe the 13 spot otherwise, but I think eight yeah. looks pretty good for now. Yeah, I mean, if we were ranking the quality of the movies, then, you know, X Mat Space would be number one and it's number three. Um, yeah. So there'd be no yeah. reason to do this, to, to make like an objective like, list of these movies would be beside <laughs> our, our <laughs> whole interest. Yes, no. Invasion of Astro Monster. Mm. Very interesting. Let's, all right, let's put it down in that same position again. So you think if we that, put it between Daimajin and Cloverfield, it's a better kaiju movie than, than Cloverfield. It's also a better kaiju movie than the X Men Space. No, um, it's not. Which no, is no, a derivative movie of this movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we watched it first, so <laughs> we can't can't go home again. You know. Wish we could, but uh... X Men Space is it's a better half of a gleeful kaiju movie than this is. No, I like it the kaiju right. more. I like the kaiju's more in X Men Space, and like yeah, I said, they, yeah. they have more instrumentality and purpose than they do in Astro exactly. Monster. What about Daimajin versus Astro Monster? Yeah, that's tough. I, I think uh, Astro Monster. I mean, we also have to look also at what what else is going on in Astro Monster, since I don't love the kaiju parts of it. Like the, I think bringing this, not so much that we're looking at the human element of it, but mm. what this does to future Godzilla stories, creating like a sci-fi cheesy uh, yeah. space exploit that kind of goes forward in these stories 
I think matters to, to the kaijus of them. So I think it's hugely influential, right? Like everything after this is a little bit shaped by what these two movies did. Yes. Like this was a known midnight movie staple for a long time of like, in a way that Godzilla maybe was not this sense of being like, this is the weird campy sci-fi movie that you're like, did you see Invasion of Astro Monster? What a wild movie. Like, yeah, that was weird. I watched that 1am at a weird theater. It blew my mind. Invasion of the Astro Monster is what I thought this franchise was before we started this project. This is literally yeah. like the movie that I thought all these would be. And I've been surprised that they weren't that until like we got to some of the game res. I was like, yeah, now I'm seeing shades of it. Now we finally got yeah. to what I thought these movies are. Now they're who we thought we, they were. So, And they continue that way for a little bit. Um, the next couple are interesting. Um, Rodan versus Astro Monster. Hmm. They're pretty even to me. I'd, I'd put Astro Monster maybe above Rodan. Do I want to do that? I like Rodan as a creature. Yeah, I... Hmm. Well, I, I feel like this one loses out uh, below Ghidorah just by not having Mothra in it. Yeah. It's just that movie without Mothra. If we just look at who's who in the cast here, the Kaijus. Yeah. yeah, so it's definitely below Ghidorah, Pacific Rim, I think I'd I'd put it below that. Yeah, I would agree. I, I I think Rodan introductory movie, and I think Rodan does so much right with Rodan as a kaiju. It fumbles at the end, but I also think the beginning like kaiju insect movie is really cool as well. Um, mm. And there's some thematic interest in Rodan. There's some there's the the and I think we're forgetting like the practical effects stuff in Rodan is so good, and it's not as strong in these two movies. And again, um, this this even borrows footage from Rodan, so it. I'd be uncomfortable placing this above Rodan. Yeah. I think it, it, it sits nicely at 11 then underneath yeah. Rodan and above I think, Dimogen. I think below Pacific Rim, they're a movie that has a strong argument about instrumentality specifically in this movie that has an argument kind of a, against yeah. that. Yeah. I think they make a good pairing, but now, near each other too. Calvin won't let me add Cliff of the Big Red Dog to this list. <laughs> Are we doing this? <laughs> but, but I, I can tell you where I would put it if that helps. I asked him not to write an article about it. You'll see that come out Friday anyway. I've asked him not to rank the movie, and he's doing this anyway. Um, I've been trying to get Clifford off the website for a while. And, <laughs> and I just keep reading Clifford. Clifford the Big Red Dog is terrible. Um, read my review on it. Um, it's so bad. And as a kaiju movie, um, very disappointing, very disappointing. But it is a kaiju movie. Um, because if you remember that great quote from Honda where he said the problem with monsters is that they are too big. They're too yeah. big for the world, makes them bad. The key conflict of the Cliff and the Big Red Dog movie is that he is too big, which I'm like, dude, that's his personality. Like, why are you shading Clifford so much? That's just great. Like they, they, the one thing about him. That, that's all he has. They make, <laughs> again, existential dread movie. They make his one defining characteristic the conflict of the film. So he is too big. Um, he is hunted down by scientists. He causes some destruction. Um, he almost murders Jack Whitehall. Now, that's a big benefit. Yeah. But I think it's a bad kaiju movie because he's not big enough. I don't think we're going to officially insert this into the rankings as much as you would like, but if you had to put it somewhere where... Um, if I had to put it somewhere... We start above would, X from Outer Space. Um, <laughs> just you. If I had to put it somewhere, I would say Cliff of the Big Red Dog is a better kaiju movie than Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Okay, uh, so you'd put it in 19th, 20th area there? I would say that Varen is a better kaiju movie and that Varen is a kaiju. Would you <laughs> say that Clifford has more agency than the monsters in Astro Monster? Um, yes, at one point he tries to be small. Oh, that's really sad. Uh, it's really sad that they're about to like kill him. The cops are about to kill Clifford because he barks, genuinely. Um, Clifford says ACAP. And it Clifford... sounds like it's like a reverse Pulgasari. Pulgasari just wants to get mm. big. Yeah, it is. I, I would have loved if Clifford went how Pogasari went when they're like, Clifford, you're getting too big. We must destroy you. <laughs> that would be amazing. But no, be a better movie. generally, uh, I'm, I'm still angry about the Clifford movie. In the Clifford movie, like, Clifford cannot live in an apartment. He's a big red dog. Mm-hmm. Um, he Good also embiggens himself for no reason bar a children praying. He needs to be looked at. We look at things like this. And the enemy of the movie is not the child who can't look after a dog that's trying to keep Clifford locked up in a New York apartment. The enemy of the movie is Tony Hale, um, who is, I think it's Tony Hale, it's been a while, um, who is trying to end 
world hunger and thinks that he should also scientifically share out Clifford. I'm like, dude, I agree. Yeah. But yeah, and that's why the Clifford movie is bad. And if we were to rank it, um, I would put it at 21 out of 22. Seems like the total opposite of everything kids' movies are doing, which is accept the one thing about you that's different from others. And, you know, seems like the opposite message of what kids' which, movies do. Which, yeah, they push towards at the end, but you're like, it's a big red dog. Yeah. It's just a big red dog. I don't. <laughs> let him be big and red. Just... just let him be big and red. Stop making that a conflict. Just let him be a big red dog. Let him help people. Let him be the friendly big red dog. But no, that must be a problem. They must I... make fake Paddington, Paddington at home. I agree. Like the thing that you bring up about Paddington in the reviews, you just let him be Paddington and let uh, you you uh, look at the bear of the movie and why he's a bear and how that's funny to be a bear and how it's yeah. nice. So also, like they don't accept Paddington, but that's because of the the darkest Peru stuff and because yeah. like he's he talks and he, like he is anthropomorphized. So it's, it's it's a proper intolerance metaphor. If people would love a big red dog, yeah, they would love it. Uh, I mean, I, I saw it. I see dogs like once a week that are much larger than their owners in Seattle. Mm. I mean, like they look like horses next to their owners. I, and you I mean, don't say, let's hunt this down. No, no. I give it a little pet and I say, that's a that's a bigger dog than that, that guy next to him. I just point yeah. out the largeness of the dog. But I, I mean, I don't I don't make any moral judgments about the dog being larger than their yeah. owners usually. So at no point does Paddington try not be a bear. He tries to go home to Peru darkest Peru, but he doesn't try to not be a bear. I should not see Clifford trying to make himself small. Well, if Paddington were larger, then he'd be number one, as he is in our hearts. Mm. He, would, he would be the best kaiju. Um, with his personality, I, I mean, even if he had to destroy a few things, I think uh, Paddington, the kaiju, would be number one. Yeah. as a, He would be a good guardian kaiju. All right, I, I'm I, gonna, I've got some connections. I'm British. I know some people that know Paddington. Um, so... We'll get that would. done. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the movie where we talk about Paddington and Rankler and the Big Red <laughs> Dog done. Um, um, all right. We, we, we need to, to plug site stuff, which is a, a little bit more eclectic um, than usual. I'll let you start, Calvin, with the, the, the plugging of the site stuff. Okay. We've got a ton of articles. We've been doing festivals. It's new release mm. uh, season. So you'll see all the um, Oscar movie <laughs> reviews coming up the next few weeks. Yeah. We're flooded with them. And uh, we you like also the phrase a... award bait. Get ready to read it a lot. Be like, yep, <laughs> yes. award bait, award bait, award bait. And if you uh, like Paul Thomas Anderson, I think uh, I'll have something for you soon. Uh, oh, God, I can't wait for that movie. <laughs> uh, that's the movie I've been waiting for all year. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited. Every day. We've got a new Paul Thomas Anderson movie coming. We've got a new Jane Campion movie coming. Oh, yeah. We've got a new Celine Seymour movie coming. It's a good what time, a time of year. to be a movie fan. Like this is this is terrific. We have our second Ridley Scott movie in two months. That's what a time. Yeah, I mean he's he's old. He's made two movies, and they're probably one of them did very badly. But was yeah, one of them could be good. Um, uh, and we also have a a few new podcasts. A couple new podcasts. We have one mm. on rap music. Uh, three letters and five mics only on Spotify, uh, which is period. great. I, would, I know that some people I, I i really like it now i am i like rap music i'm not as as, as enthusiastic about it as, as you and kev are because i just don't know the stuff and that's why i really like it I, i'm it's nice to listen to something and be and like i am the liker of this but i don't have any like schooling or learning in this i'm like i don't know anything so i'm like this song sounds good and you two just know your stuff so well and like breaking down why this works history behind it i found it really fascinating like you started with an album that i already already like and know um and to get any appreciation to it was great also i just i just like the, the on spotify thing as it goes into the songs is just, just awesome um yeah, I didn't it's know a that feature. could exist so, i i really just <laughs> so want to build a show around that feature and i've been looking mm. for months and i've gone through like different permutations of what that show could be who it could be with but uh when kevin and i had like a shared interest in doing rap music i knew that yeah. was the show, so it's so good it's so good um really really enjoying that and then you can um join myself and Vaughn to talk spoilers about new movies um we have no time to die so you can hear us really hate james bond um, you guys really hate james bond i mean not really james, bond, james bond but you really hate this no james I, I i love james bond i've seen yeah. them all i love them we hate this bond movie and i'm glad we both do or you can talk you can hear us um like dude quite a lot um and we are recording a couple of episodes this week to come up soon um definitely spencer because we both saw spencer um a review on the site for that soon mm -hmm. 
yeah next from, week from Vaughan yeah um, really good movie um, and then we've got another few in the pipeline yeah. we don't want to be all hating all the time there's been a few new releases recently like Eternals review coming soon public um, challenge to bring me on bad. for licorice pizza when the when it's yeah time. we would love that yeah 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 um, when we get to see it as well um, cannot wait for that yeah what's uh, happening uh, with the Twin Geeks cast I mean DD cast <laughs> DD cast exists um, Metroid episode of David brilliant um, yeah. I'd love to hear about Metroid but what's happening with the Twin Geeks cast um, we're coming back in December after you and Murph do an episode uh, you, you guys will do a Thanksgiving special then we'll do a month of Christmas specials but uh, mm. that will kind of play into what the new uh, format will be so uh, we'll, we'll give a pretty good idea then and it'll be a lot more focused and um, it won't just be uh, one movie a show we'll say that I think that's something really you brought up uh, uh, when we started this podcast is you guys don't have to do one movie a, a show it's true we could it'll be more than that I'm I'm very excited. I love seeing these guys. Love hearing you two talk, and it's nice that it will not fall into the trend of Calvin talks about new movies, and then ah, now we can both talk. Um, so that yes. that that will be really good. Um, good show, great people. So yeah, um, keep your eyes on the twingeeks.com, the twingeeks.com. Follow our many podcasts. Um, Calvin, you have a Twitter? Yeah, at Calvin Kemp. Uh, I do not for um, moral reasons. I oh, know for, for professional reasons. <laughs> I will not go into. Um, I have no morals. Um, but you can follow me on Letterbox where I'm Stephen Gillespie or Stephen Inch. That's a PH in the middle and AGE at the end. Um, that's pretty much my unknown. That's it, really. Yeah. And uh, at the Twin Geeks on Twitter, too, which is really my Twitter account. That's the only place I really yeah. tweet from. So, yeah. Yeah. So at us, at the Twin Geeks, at them. At them. At them. At them. <laughs> at them. Um, so, um, at we're not sure what the next episode will be. Um, it will either be we'll get some friends in to talk about um, a couple of new movies, or we'll probably get some gamers done. So, yeah. either some gamers, or because the next two gamers are great. But until then, read good books, say kind words, do good deeds, be a good person. Shia. Is that the, is that uh, the that, word? Shia! Yeah, that's yeah. close enough. Masuda.